Hello and welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast by Skip Meetings, the podcast for curious event professionals who are embracing the future of business events. My name is Miguel Nebsch and I'm the editor-in-chief of Skip Meetings. In this episode titled The Roller Coaster Ride of Virtual Tech, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tony Kula, the CEO of MeetU. We talk about the incredible journey that virtual event tech platforms have been on in the last few years. We talk about who are the new clients for virtual event tech platforms and why Tony doesn't believe in hybrid events. We talk about how reconnecting in person is all people need right now, but exhibitors and sponsors will soon be demanding more return on their investment. We talk about how in-person events rely on emotional responses, while virtual events really just need the tech to work. And we talk about the importance of virtual event attendees overcoming their negative association with the COVID pandemic. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation, and I invite you to check out the other episodes of the Event Manager Podcast by Skiff Meetings on our website, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast service. Now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Welcome to today's episode of the Event Manager Podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Tony Kula, the CEO of Meet You. Tony, welcome to the show. Hi, Miguel. Nice to see you. Uh, I think we've we've we we met during the COVID pandemic. We've never met in person, but we've met a few times virtually, and I've been at one of your events as well. We did a kind of interview a little while back. Um, I've been following the, the Meet You journey a little bit. I have to admit, I've only known the company for, for a couple of years, but I'd really like to start kind of by you introducing yourself. And I know you have a long history in tech and event tech and virtual tech. So could you give us a sort of small introduction into, into your world and how that world has developed over the last, I think, 20 years or something like that that you've been involved? Yeah, thank you, Miguel, for disclosing then my age. So yeah, my <laughs> name is Tony. I'm um, 52 years old, and basically, I'm all my business life. I'm in in conferencing and collaboration. So that is like um, the red line that um, was always um, my career, and um, yeah, that changed a lot. So I started with um, actually with video conferencing, and then um, went more towards audio conferencing, which was obviously a very a bigger market and a very interesting business. And then from audio conferencing, we started with um, audio events. And that is how I came into this event uh, thing. Um, I, could, I have to see. Could you like expand in, on that a little bit? Audio events? How? What does that yeah. mean? How does that work? Audio events are just um, large um, um, audio conferences. We did a lot of investor relation calls. So that was like um, the time when the web was just starting and it was a very efficient tool. It was like operator assisted. And um, yeah, people were just dialed into a, um, to, a time, uh, to a certain time that was agreed and then uh, operator was greeting them. And um, it was a very efficient method. And it's still, um, we, we do a lot of audio conference, interesting enough. Also, it was like um, kind of a revival um, when the pandemic started. So people are looking for a solution to communicate audio. Everyone has a telephone. So people are just um, using that heavily, but we see that, that, that it is in decline. And um yeah, we had, uh, again, I had to reinvent ourselves. And uh, in 2016, I bought a small company. I always um, liked the ideas to be somewhere without traveling. So that that is like starting with the video conference. So um, because also I, I always had this sustainability sink in my head that there must be smarter ways than to, to travel all the time. So um, yeah, and I found this company, um, UB Event, that already started 10 years ago with digital events. And um, that was 2016. And um, we wanted to become more independent. We were reselling also on 24 American um, 
provider for webcast when when it started we were like adding value to um, the pure audio conferencing so people who wanted to share presentations they wanted to show something and um, and then but like with the audio conferencing we wanted to possess the technology and be more in control so that is when we started um, to to look for other companies and we bought this small provider and um, the pure software business and um the first thing that um, we built was then um, what we call today Meet Your Show. It's our own webcast tool. And um, digital events was very, very small at that time, like one, two digital events, like some large customers like SAP were using that. Um, but it was a very well hidden type of technology. So it was not people who were just beating like they always did. And then, uh, yeah, you know the story. Then in 2020, when um, the pandemic hit, it was like, as an entrepreneur, it was, I would say, I experienced some things over 30 years of being self-employed, but um, this was like, no one could expect us to be like at the right time with the right solution and just a couple of vendors worldwide, like six connects and be first that were in the market. Um, and then there was this crazy demand and uh, the company grew very, very fast. We didn't have enough um, project managers and, and we had to hire. And um, yeah, and then um, that was like for two years, crazy growth. And um, fast forward, it's now to see, it's it's interesting to see there is now, it, it, it's, it's, that is what I was writing about in my last um on LinkedIn that um, you, you see all the people are going back now to in-person and um, it's, 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 it's a really setback and um, mm -hmm. will be interesting to see where the pendulum swings back. We believe, I mean, we believe before the pandemic that digital events are here to stay. Um, I think looking at the overall trend, it is it is still strong. It's like ten times like um, what it was before. But compared to the, the strong squad in twenty one, it it feels a little bit hard at the moment <laughs> uh, being in the digital event business. But this is, I think, the truth for a lot of tech businesses. For sure. So, a couple of things I want to unpack there. So, you're saying if you compare, um, I don't know, January twenty twenty with May, uh, sorry, May of twenty twenty two you're still way, you know, there's still way more demand for virtual events than there was before yeah, the pandemic, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We compared Q1, like uh, 2018, 2019, when we um, were like um, doing that as a side business beside our conferencing and um, Q1 this year, and it's like 10 times um, the revenue we have to see. So it is still a significant business and it by far outperformed our old conferencing business. This is also interesting that um, the pandemic um, killed teleconferencing. So, so no one is doing any, any, any audio conferencing. So people are so used to meet on video that um, this is just some, some very old school businesses <laughs> like some banks and lawyers are still using that. But beside it, it's, it's, it's just disappeared. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. So, I mean, I guess that really is an example of how much technology has developed during the pandemic, right? We really kind of moved forward very, very fast. And hopefully the expectations from the users um, has also changed a lot. One thing that we've been looking at at, at Skiff Meetings a bit is the size of the market. Do you have any, you know, no. Do you have any idea <laughs> what the size of the market is? I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you can reveal, but internally, do you, do you have any kind of calculations that you make or is it very much a sort of like, we'll see when it sort of settles and then maybe we can figure out some, some numbers at that point. I've been being asked that a lot, Miguel, but this is just such a wide guessing because it's also definition. What is like a digital event and is it like the stream? Is it together with the on-site production and all this, um, I can't give you any any number <laughs> that would be solid or like, this is just wild guessing. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what we're finding as well. And we're looking into the different, we see a lot of, for example, press releases where certain numbers are used from certain pieces of research. But then when we mm -hmm. go in more detail, you know, and figure out how that piece of research calculated that number, it's very hard to find anything that you would consider solid or do you consider sort of, you know, with, with some solid basis. That's true. We also participated in this Gartner survey and we're like, um, 
part of the forestry research and then and even they don't really know i think it's the market is just starting to to develop and be more clear also the sectors and everything and um because there are like the the borders are so 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 like unclear it's like what is a webinar what is part of do you if if you take like zoom events and other technologies into consideration that that suddenly becomes such a huge market or is it just so it's um no the yeah. answer is no i i don't know <laughs> yeah and i say i i really i said part of the problem is really defining what we're measuring right is it is it event tech is it virtual event tech is it conferencing etc i want to go back to what you mentioned also so before the pandemic companies like sap were were, were one of the few kind of creating virtual mm -hmm. events yeah is is that because you know they're a technology company and doing a virtual event in a virtual environment sort of I guess, you know, pleased investors and made them look cool as a technology company, or is there more to it? I think SAP was always a very innovative company and they wanted to bring people together and they were like also in my previous life when I was selling video conferencing, they were having these large boardrooms and they were using telepresence. They always try new stuff. And um, they always were like thinking, how can we connect people in, in a smarter way? They always did also physical events, of course, but for internal stuff, they, they tried a lot. Not only SAP, there's some other companies, but if I think most of them were like technology companies. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So there was sort of probably a balance of kind of looking good, but also exploring new, new yeah. techniques. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and they found value in that. They really liked it. They're still a customer. It's, um, but it's also the um, maybe the the explanation for that is that our um, the founders of UB Venture are still now um, our today CTO and um, our chief sales officer. They were working for SAP, so <laughs> <laughs> so they started their business coming from SAP. And, uh, that that makes sense. I mean, that's that's quite natural. Yeah. So you mentioned the LinkedIn post. So let's jump to that. I think you mm -hmm. you wrote a very honest LinkedIn post recently. We'll we'll add that in the show notes. Um, and <laughs> really was more ex more accident, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think you, the the LinkedIn post also mentioned another LinkedIn post that you deleted. And I think there was a sort of a a real moment of honesty and 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 kind of just mm -hmm. sharing your feelings which 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 i think everybody really appreciates i don't know if it was you know your most popular linkedin post ever or something like that but i think that kind of stuff always rings true with people right and people go like yeah you know let's 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 talk about this like people don't normally talk about this so could you take me through you know what you were thinking what you said and and the reaction that people had mm. It was not the most popular, uh, Miguel. That was when I got my my booster shot. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it was close, and I was really not expecting that. It it had far more than twenty thousand views. I don't know, which is for for me good. Um, yeah, I deleted a post which was like um, a little bit cynical. So, um, are we going now? When are we going to speak about uh, sustainability and those things? So, like more greenwashing. So, everyone is like posting selfies. And I was like, as a digital event provider, you were like um, the kid on the playground that sits alone and all the other, why all the others are on a party. So I don't know if, it, um, yeah, just to yeah, give yeah. you a picture. Makes sense. And, um, and I said then to myself after like really no engagement and, and a, a stupid post after one or two hours, I said, okay, I have to delete it. That is so stupid. And like in a way childish. So, um, and then I was reflecting and, and thinking, okay, um, why did I write that? And, um, people, they, they're just happy to meet and um, it was so important for the event industry and i was thinking um okay we're like one quarter in the in, in this year after the pandemic let's say and it's really it is a strong setback but um what should people feel that been like two years um with basically no business and they had to transform so hard and they had to do digital stuff, which they, I don't know if they really liked it, but they had to, there was no other alternative. So, and, and the trade shows, they had no business at all and, and everything. And I was just, just writing about these thoughts and um, also combined with the hope that digital and physical can um, 
someday will come closer together and uh, yeah that could some good reactions yeah do you, do you i mean it's really interesting i mean thank you for your honesty and sharing those things and i do think that those kind of posts are, are very important do you feel, you know, kind of reading between the lines a little bit of what you're saying, that that there seems to still be some way to go for event planners and virtual tech providers to really partner? Because um, it sounds like there's a bit of a, a fight going on. And this may be something just like, you know, as we're getting back to in-person events, just, you know, kind of, oh, I just want to meet face-to-face. -face. I don't want to deal with the technology. But I mean, you know, hopefully we're entering a world where the two work together really well. Do you yeah. feel there's still some work to be done in terms of partnering and in terms of really supporting each other? Uh, look, Miguel, we've been never working so much with event planners. To be honest, this is also why I'm not, I haven't planned to go to IMAX. I think that has changed. We've discussed it. That event planners, I think they rather care about all the details. They are coming from a very physical world so they always had tech like in a way okay also on the wedding event you had the, the the guy that is doing the photos and everything so um so that was maybe in a in a business event that was some kind of streaming but uh, or they had to use some ticketing but um i think because the way we were acting like really we were like a substitute for um, physical events. So it was the whole experience was digital. And um, I think these people intrinsic or their motivation is to do physical events. So like that will be always like an extension. Um, the, for us, the question is more who's, who's driving that. And I think um, if like, we're not so much working with agencies and those type. Um, so we have more like a focus, which is on the enterprise. And um, it's, it's, as you said, for your own events in Skift, it's like the HR department or it's like um, the communication departments or it's like the marketing department that wants to do some type of communication. So they were asking us and that was, it, it is, it's, it's another thing. I think they are forced maybe now to, to do that because that is the customer demand. Um, and I would hope that, and that is this 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 big discussion about hybrid. Um, and I also have to reveal now that I don't believe in hybrid. It's like you rather have like a good physical event where people go intentionally because they want to meet, they want to have drinks, they have everything. And it's like, um, okay, and then you have you can refactor the content and you have a stream and you can watch that later. But I don't see any big value that you combining online audiences and offline audiences i always compared it with 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 other um not business related things and, and and you just it's nice after the wedding party you want to look at the pictures but so so we were never going that that hybrid path um we have hybrid offerings um so but we had that like 20 years ago um, we always did our own streaming and, and, and these type of things with, with the video conferencing stuff. And um, you could have people joining in from, from other sites. But um, I don't know. I think that the, there's value for um, pure physical events with some digital extensions um, where you can have like a pre-event, post-event, and you're capturing the material and you can watch the streams and everything. And then you have like the, the, the pure digital events. And... I believe that, um, and this is looking back at 20 years in my career, that every crisis, and I think we're at the beginning of a severe economic downturn, is good for um, any kind of communication company and because people cannot travel. And also, I think after everyone went again to some physical events, um, we have to go back to this um, sustainability agenda because um, I feel that this climate thing is something serious that we need to tackle and we have to be more careful and mindful which events are we going to attend. Maybe it's the one big gathering of the community like you're going to IMAX, it's once or twice a year and other things can be easily done digital and with digital, I mean full digital. So um, you don't have like 
um, a break in the communication. Everything is like from the invitation registration, the data, everything. It's it's digital. So, um, and we've been always focused on on pure digital events. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. Well, lots to unpack there. I'd, I'd love to yes, come back. Yeah, sorry. It's <laughs> no, no, that that's great. I mean, first you mentioned the that your clients are not really event planners, and I think that that's really interesting. And it sounds to me like you were quite conscious of that throughout the pandemic as well, right? So they weren't your clients before, and you're no. they're unlikely to be afterwards. But during the pandemic, there was a sort of new client base, so like a transient client base that came to you. And said, you know, we need your platform. We need we need a solution to do what we used to do in person, but can't do right now. Yeah, is and that- these are all all the customers that are gone again. Yeah, so they're they're all disappeared. So yeah. all the guys that did physical things, they're going back to physical. All festivals, all events, all people that are in the brick and mortar business that are selling tickets, that are renting space, they're all gone. So and and we're not the people that are going to work with them in the future. We've been always more focused on on on, on uh, enterprise business. And so the ten X that you're seeing now is still without those people, or, or mainly without those people. I don't have anything against those people, and and no, I, no, I think- I'm not. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that that you do. I'm just kind of check. You know, like you're saying. You know, business is not as good as it was, you know, during the pandemic. Totally understandable, but it's still ten times more than it was pre-pandemic. And I'm just kind of asking: Is that ten times basically like without those planners, without those in-person planners anymore? So you've still attracted more kind of enterprise companies that that you're hoping will will kind of continue and grow from there. We're not only hoping; we also see that all the business. So there's no leads from the market from that type of, of the business. We just see that, um, and that is the good thing because we're so long in the business that our like big bank customers and others, like they're using much more video conferencing and Zooms and everything. They're like doing much more um, digital events and it's the same customer that, that we had. And we tried many things. We had a partner model. We had like a more self-servicing and everything, but um, we see that it's really getting back on a different level to where we were before the pandemic. And that is good. So overall, it was a big boost. We also overstaffed in type of in, in terms of services and everything. And that, that's never nice if you have to let people go. So I think this is getting to, to a different level, but it, it's still um, significantly more than it was before. But also before we were not, but I think that the maybe the job of a meeting planner has changed a bit, so they're no digital. But I believe that these people, their life is about um, making things. And, and that's also the essence of an event, make something special out of it. So it's from the decoration, it's the food, it's like the content, it's, it's, it's everything. It's like the, the, the they want to deliver an experience. And this is a very agency or, or the agencies, event agencies. So, so they want to make something special. So this is why the metaverse is something now. It's like um, no one knows what it exactly is, but um, it is something new. It's, it's, it's something you can experience something. It's like you have this aha moments. It's like you're going to a nice party and you see the decoration, you open the, 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 the doors opening and you see everything is done so mindful. I, I just, I'm just telling this because I was at last weekend as a very nice uh, bat mitzvah party. So, and they did every, <laughs> every detail was, was so mindful and, and, uh, and there was magicians and, and all these things you, you can't really do that as a software business. So um, we have to be realistic about it. Um, um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I think what you're saying is the, event planners are focused on creating physical experiences yes. and you have a different type of people that are focused on creating great online experiences. Right. And those aren't necessarily the same thing. Right. Yeah. 
So, yeah, we have to see maybe it will be a new generation of event planners in the future that are embracing that more. But it's like, um, yeah, it's it's bringing that experience together. But I don't know. Um, I think in my world, there is a need for both. But Absolutely. we have to. Um, this is what I was just writing about yesterday. It's like the, the, the physical event is like the 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 cream cake it's like the best you can have because you you have the effort you have the cost you go there you want to be entertained you want to have a good time you want to 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 go with inspiration the other thing will be consumed much more still i think we should do that in a nice and engaging way yeah. but we don't have i mean the only sense that we can and this is our way how we do things is is like um our eyes and um, maybe in the future it's more more the metaverse, I don't know. But um, so I think we should not make a digital event look like a Zoom call or a Hangout. This is why we have this graphical approach with more immersion and like, like others have also. But um, I don't think that, and, and I, I'm really curious to see how that will go with Hopin and these others, which try to make events like a SaaS model, because I think an event is not so much a recurring thing. It's not mm -hmm. like you don't, do events like you're using your CRM or like you're using your video conference. And if it always the same thing, it, it's not an event for me. So. Really interesting. You, you also mentioned that, you know, you don't really believe in hybrid. I, I think there's a lot of definitions of hybrid floating around. Right. And yeah. I think you also mentioned, you know, you can have an in-person event and you do some streams and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people would call that hybrid. Right. Yeah. So, so I think what you, what you what I think you said is is you don't really believe in that completely hybrid model where you're trying to connect an online audience and an on-site audience and you're trying to kind of force them to network almost or kind of force them to have the same experience. You don't think that that is worth really investing in because the experiences are always going to be different. They're going to be good but yeah. different, right? First of all, I mean you also know Miguel. It was like when we started uh, our series, and you've been part of that event. We all were like, I can remember it. the future is hybrid. The future, everyone is the futures of events will be hybrid. Okay, so this future exists for a long time. I did hybrid events in 1997 um, with large video conferencing equipment. It is just um, we can extend the reach. We can connect different places in the world and, and bring in, we always brought in speakers by video conferencing. It was like, um, so this is also in a way hybrid. Um, but I don't see the point that um, you're going on an event. You might use digital tools like Grip is doing so that you navigate on the event or you or what we also do is like, you have like um, what we call like an always on event. You have some parts that are in the digital world and they're then, um, or you have like, or the other way around that you have a physical event that is extended into the digital world, but not necessarily at the same time. So it, it was very much a thinking. So I, I have this, and because this is like, I don't know, compare it with, with, um, with Sky and football games. So uh, if it's, we have like, I'm, I'm from Germany, you know, Eintracht Frankfurt was like in this, I wish I could go. They were like winning the, uh, in the uh, Europe League. And, and that is a game you want to watch um, live. And you have all this experience and the beers and the friends and the excitement. Um, but still, um, it's like a different um, type of, of of event if you watch that on on your TV, and 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 that's also okay. So you have both. But I'm not sitting at home and chatting with the people that are in the stadium, or um, I don't need to be connected to them. So I I sit here with. So, so this is like um, the difference. And I always thought that hybrid or like it was understood by technology providers. They should bring the same kind of. Experience of experience for you at home but it's not the same thing because you don't have the energy you don't have the noise around you don't have all these things and you can't do that digitally so um i think yeah hybrid is okay extending reach um refactoring your using your content twice um and all these things that makes sense but this is not the future and that is by far not new. We always did that. We always streamed from events and and had people watching from home. 
yeah, this sort of more asynchronous version of hybrid is is definitely not a new thing if you can kind of use the content in different ways. Yeah. And how much of this do you think is is about just human nature in the sense that when we're when we travel to an event, when we're physically at a place, we've invested in it, right? We were kind of invested in the event by going there and being there. But yeah. when we're online, we're only one click away from exactly. something else, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That that, that is um, you have a different expectation if you're going and you're investing the time and you're flying and you're. Uh, I mean, it's also the, the carbon footprint if you look at that. So you want that to be worth it. And I think at the moment, it is like type of an overreaction because no one can tell me that looking at OMR and I was speaking to others or to my um, uh, partner that was visiting in Barcelona, the um, ISE and these type of things is like everyone that I was talking to is, was like, it was so nice to meet people again. Nothing was about, yeah, we generated leads or it was really, so no one's looking at ROI or things like that. And that is okay because I think that the main thing at the moment was just like, when restaurants opened again, it was nice. Oh, finally, no more home delivery. I can go, <laughs> I can go in a place with other people and yeah. um, I can. So, so um, I think that will, it's probably a, a peak now. I also heard a lot of people that were like having their bookings on trade shows like two years and they now they could go and, and have their stand like they're the organizers were asking for them. It's like uh, with my, um, I'm, I'm a triathlete and um, I had, I have still my um, things that I apply for, for, um, uh, yeah, different races I could not attend and you were like extended into the next year into the next year and you get extra discount because they would just go out of business if, if you wanted all the money back. So so I think there's a very big accumulation of events uh, right now, this summer and these months and, and that's totally okay. That was also the reflection of my post so that the community is just coming back together. Um, I think that will even out in the future. So that, yeah. And that that need for ROI, that's that's not going away, right? I think we're all happy to see each other again, but ultimately, if exhibitors are not getting the leads, if they're not getting the data that they're looking for, at some point they will ask questions and say, you know, this isn't this isn't right. How do we how do we make this better, right? And I think right, and I think the, the the marketing budgets they were allocated a long time, but with new allocations for the future, they will really look again on how is um, the RI and these, these type of things. It will not be enough just to be there and have a great party. I think it's fair for the moment, but um, that, that will change. Be an interesting development. Um, so let's talk a little bit about sustainability. I know, I know it's, it's one of the things that you talk a lot about. I know you're, you're, you're an athlete, uh, you're, you care about the environment. Is this, I mean, playing devil's advocate a little bit, um, is this just a way to sell virtual technology or is there, you know, and, and I, I don't believe that myself, but I'd love to kind of just play devil's advocate and say, tell me how, how we can really be more, more sustainable and make those choices. And, and I guess mm -hmm. still impact people, right? Because I think we're, we're talking about virtual being a very different technology, right? But we want to make mm -hmm. sure that we impact and we have that ROI and, and it creates a positive impact. Sustainability, yes, a virtual event is far more sustainable, essentially because the travel and the consumption, et cetera, is not there, right? But what, what does that really play out as? First of all, I wish that would make a difference and I wish that people would, um, but this is not part of the decision process. If I'm like playing the sustainability drums, um, no one cares about it. That's that's the truth. So no one makes a decision based on, okay, this is more sustainable or this is like, um, there are other stronger factors that we will see in the future. And I think for the enterprise business, this is, pure economic factors because traveling is expensive. It will become more expensive. Um, but unfortunately, climate change is something that is not very close to people. I still think, but I still, I mean, this is maybe a bit idealistic and also the purpose of our 
companies that we have a technology that that helps a little bit to um, decarbonize. But this is probably not the strongest argument, um, especially right now if you see that everyone is traveling again to events and 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 all these things. But um, and it's also very obvious because the biggest part is. Um, the carbon footprints comes all from traveling that um, if you stay at home that you're saving emissions but this is yeah it's it's not the strongest argument but still I think that everyone can contribute and must contribute we don't have so much time and um, I can start only with myself I, I started years ago I, I have no car and um, all these things so I I Took this. I mean, you also have small kids. I hope, and and it, somehow still, I feel you know, if you have like a tornado in Germany, this is something we didn't have like 10, 20 years ago. So we feel that something must change, but still, I think um, people are selfish, and um, it's this. Yeah, we're like it's a bit sad but we're like idiots i mean um we see that this this isn't happening in front of us and um i was just reading another day a post of someone that was traveling to the us or like the mid-us and just and also in germany as i don't want to point at the us actually is you still see people with this large suvs you still see the, the traveling is like it was like before and I don't know. This is a bit, uh, yeah, sad in a way. It's an issue. But yeah, it's an issue. I personally believe that um, technology providers like VR and 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 all the Hopkins and all the others, if we're just taking a part of what was before physical online, we help in a way to decarbonize the, the overall um, um, emissions of events and. Um, I don't know if you know that. I, I also didn't know had exact numbers, so I don't know the market size of um, of digital event business. But I know this now the the emissions of all digital of all physical events are accounting like for all the emissions of the United States or like ten percent of all global emissions. So the event industry is has really a big climate impact. And um, if you're looking at the agenda towards twenty fifty. Um, what's going to be done, um, digitization has a very minor part. And, and it, it's just more about we should not, how do we recycle waste, how we do this and that. But the biggest impact would just be if people are not going so much, um, uh, if, if they would not travel. But um, we like to make these photos. We like to be on site. We like to to have our, so yeah, it's um, it, it will be interesting. I mean, you mentioned something that I think is quite interesting. Um, you know, the financial motivation is the is the biggest is, is far bigger than the sustainability motivation yes. for companies. Yes. But you also, you know, because you mentioned that travel will get more expensive. So in some ways, they sort of, you know, that then has an impact, right? So that might not be the motivation, but if there's a bigger cost attached to it, then that may may help as well. So um, it's interesting to think about how virtual events can can kind of help in that sense and, and are you having conversations with any companies that say you know the last two years we didn't travel we're just as profitable if not more let's figure out how to do this without traveling and maybe your tool can help us do this are those are those are you having those kind of conversations not exactly those conversations, but it's also like, um, it's interesting, Miguel. We see, or we know, like from the past two years, the home office is working, the video conferencing is working, all, all these things, and we're using that all the time. But And we also saw that, I mean, there's still much room for improvement. Digital events did work. So people had um, came together, they had net, we improved so much in the technology and not only we as me too, like the last two years, we did so much on the platform, also all the others. And, um, but once we could reopen and meet in person, a lot of people jumped away. And that shows me that an event is something that is very emotional, like uh, in a video conference or before an audio conference call, you just wanted that this is just working properly. So we have all the same the, um, 
the, the setup is still the same also now post pandemic, but people, I believe they prefer now to um, get back in person because one of the main things that you have is like this emotional factor and um, economic aspects will be stronger. So you have to justify why do I need there? Why do I spend my time? Why do I travel? Why do I, I have this, this, uh, why do I consume these emissions? Um, but for the next two, three quarters, I think people were just going, um, they just wanted to go on site. Um, and after yeah. that, in my world, I believe there will be like a coexistence of digital or virtual events and physical events. So uh, probably the, the, you will attend the top three events of your industry in person, uh, which is, which is okay. And if you're just, if you can't go, you will look at the stream um, and other things would be probably more um, hopefully. So, so we believe that the overall market will significantly grow and, and, and also stay, but yeah. That's interesting. So, so we, so maybe the large events will focus on that in-person experience, but the smaller events, the more niche events, would be would do well to invest in solid virtual versions or, or yes. create more of a virtual experience to enable that community and, and kind of reap the benefit of that rather than try to convince people to travel again and do everything again. And you also have to see that the large events, unfortunately, they are the, that are consuming um, or the most having the, the biggest impact on, on the climate. Um, <laughs> these are, I, I've been, there are two, for me, two classes of events that we always focus like on company internal events. So these are like events for all kinds of people. So these are like more industry gatherings. These are like trade shows, festivals, all, all these things. But everything that will happen inside the company, there is this market where we see our niche is like, or our we see us in a segment which is above the daily Zoom and Hangout call. Mm -hmm. um, something that, that should be more special. And um, But mainly, or most of the time, this is a company internal thing, or a company wants to reach out to its customers and, and these type of things. But um, and I think that will, most of this will, will happen this year in the future. Very interesting. So I want to go a little change topic completely. Um, mm -hmm. I also saw that you've been very active in, um, in, in doing things to support the crisis in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted to just talk a little bit about that because I, I, I was particularly I was very interested in your approach. It wasn't the normal approach of, hey, I'm going to raise some funds, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to raise the issue. You actually, I believe, bought one or more vehicles and actually drove the vehicle or, or had someone drive that vehicle to Ukraine with supplies in it, and then you left mm -hmm. the vehicle there. Um, really interesting approach. Why did you choose to do that, and uh, and how did that kind of come together? first of all when that came over us it was like we, we i don't know we just felt we have to do what how can we help so i just reached out to um here in berlin we have like um there is um a charity that was always working and helping um, the ukraine and um i was just asking him what do you need and the guy told me um we need ambulance cars. So there are smaller villages, they're cut off from um, medical support and everything. And um, I had another friend, uh, a doctor, and um, she was also starting to collect um, medicines and things like that. And um, I was just starting to research and, and uh, going to watch um, who looked at some cars. And then I bought a used car. It was a very pragmatic approach, Miguel. It was nothing really, um, it, the people just needed that. And um, we tried to help. And then, um, yeah, we got the money together. I had some other people. Um, I, I 
called some other friends and some other entrepreneurs and said, would you help? And then um, we even bought a second one. And um, yeah, they were brought over and people were very, very happy that um, they got this this type of help. But the solidarity was not, I mean, we did that, but others did others. So many volunteers here at um, the main train station that were welcoming to people. We all had, there was this big wave of solidarity, which unfortunately, now I see that, um, like this is now, I think the third month that this this, this war, this this terrible thing is happening. Um, in a way, we're getting a bit used to it, this news, and um, we we don't want to see that. No one is posting on, uh, about these things. But what we did now is, uh, and and we were saying, okay, how can we continuously help? And um, what we did is that um, we have started to employ people from the Ukraine. So uh, we have Ukrainian developers and it's sometimes we have like, and, and that is a crazy story, but um, we have them in our, um, I was part of this development call sometimes, not, I'm really not a developer and they don't want to have me in that meetings, but uh, one was like with a Kalashnikov in, in, in the back, the other one's a drone pilot um, that said, okay, I can't attend this meeting um, or um, I can't work um, at that moment because um, I have other duties. So we're trying to, and they are tremendously grateful to um, to have work, and this is because that gives them a sense that that life is in a way um, a bit of normal. But they, yeah, so so they, they um, this is the way how we are going forward with that. Well, I I think it's great that we're able to highlight that, and thank you for doing that. I think it's you know it's an amazing thing that that you did. So uh, happy to be able to highlight that. Yeah, thank you for asking. <laughs> um wanted to kind of start wrapping up um if you could change something about the event industry or i guess virtual events if you will um do you have a clear idea of what you would like to change if you could if you could kind of click your fingers and suddenly something change would it be you know people's openness to virtual events would it be something in the technology what would you like to kind of really change as fast as you can um yeah i don't know but i think we should i for myself i for me it became okay that there is this i still feel it's like two worlds like and and it's two separate and we should see both technologies or both ways we're doing events in person virtual should be something that is totally normal in our world. It's like um, having a Zoom call or having a, a personal meeting, like um, eating out or having some kind of delivery. I still feel that um, because people were forced to use that technology, they still associate digital events very much with the pandemic. And that is something negative. And mm -hmm. I hope that we will overcome that and people will understand that um, this is something they can benefit from. And this is not, um, it's either or. So it's like, it's one time that makes more sense. And this is such an important meeting. And um, we want to have the people on site, like we're doing like with our leadership off site now, um, meeting people in person is, is um, making more sense for that type of, of gathering. And um, so that there will a more, like peaceful coexistence and um, that the, the, there is not such a hard dividing between these two types of technology. So um, yeah, I would wish for that. That's a really interesting perspective. And I think you're right. Um, I almost feel like this is virtual events need a bit of a Tesla moment, um, you know, in the way that I think Tesla made it, you know, exciting to have an electric car. Yeah. Uh, I think electric cars have existed for a long time, but it's only when Tesla mm -hmm. suddenly came out with this huge acceleration and just really impressed people that people suddenly mm -hmm. went, ooh, I want one of those. And I feel like we're, we're sort of missing that now. Like you say, people still associate virtual events with this pandemic period of sort of being forced to do that. Yes. And, and I think we probably need a moment where people say, ooh, that's exciting. I want to do that. And not because I have to, but because I want to, right? Yeah, and this is, we also have to say as tech providers, um, 
we could sell everything at that time. And so many companies were started during these two years. We see them go away again. But for us, it's really about now improving on the technology, making that more reliable, making it, trying to make it more engaging and all these things that we can achieve with, with technology. So it's, it's also important that um, we keep on working. And now, but I don't think we should compete. We should not say, okay, I try to, people try very much to copy in person into digital and that is not working. We have other benefits. We have, um, we can do more things with data and, and, and we have other things and we should focus on making, improving those things instead of trying to, to get the energy into. And, and, and I mean, you, you know, all the craziness, we tried yoga classes and, 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 and all kinds of stuff and, and um, cocktail hours on, on I don't know if this is the best way to try to do with the software. Yeah. If, if you could get to be a, a physical cocktail, then, then I think it works. If it's all yeah, virtual, then it might that, be. That, that's, that, that's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the metaverse, we will see. Exactly. <laughs> a metaverse cocktail. Tony, been, a, been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed chatting with you. And thank you for your honesty and, and, and kind of being so open about everything. Wanted to get uh, the last question to you, which is really mm -hmm. a recommendation for someone else that we should invite uh, onto the podcast. Uh, we asked this of all our guests, and we are now talking to people who were recommended to us from the first episodes of the podcast. So I'd love to get anyone at all, can be in the industry or outside the industry, anyone who you'd recommend that we should have on the podcast as a future guest. But he needs, he or she needs to be from the events industry. Not at all. As long as there's, you know, as long as we can have an interesting conversation that's relevant to people that yeah. work in events, then I'm completely open to anybody at all. I think you should speak to our ambassador and my close friend, Jonas Deichmann, who um, just did an amazing thing. Um, he was like um, going around the world just by his own power and but he speaks now about mindset and um he's a great guy and um, i think mindset is so important these days and also i think the event industry is also a, a lot about mindset and and um yeah maybe that could be an interesting um, and, and yeah he knows a lot about events you wouldn't tell that's perfect and i know that you're very inspired by him and you're also a triathlete etc so i think that mindset is definitely a an important part of everything we do. And he's, a, he's a, and he's a super nice human. So uh, if you get him, speak to him on the podcast, I think it's it's really interesting what he experienced and, and how he sees events um, from his perspective. Perfect. Thank you for the recommendation. Tony, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on the podcast with us.